Hello ladies and gents and welcome to the next Q&A in the Full and Focus series. My name's Danny Boyer and it's my pleasure to say joining me today to talk about his time at Fulham is the greatest right-footed left-back to ever grace the famous white shirt. No, I'm not talking about Dennis Adoy. I am, of course, talking about the one and only Les Strong. Les, thank you for joining me. How are you? You okay? Good, Daniel. A pleasure to be here, mate. Yeah, good stuff. You like the introduction? Spot on, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you were right. Um, uh, I didn't have a right foot, a uh, left foot. Uh, but played left back for, what, a 400-something game. Right foot, left back. So, uh, perfect. The greatest one of your era as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been told to say that. I've, I did. Liam Curry put me up to that one. Liam Curry, uh, yeah. yeah, I thought it was Liam. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so how did you get your, uh, the opportunity to sign for Fulham? Um, well, I was uh, come from South London, and um, most South London boys at my time went to Crystal Palace. And uh, so I went down to Palace as a 14 year old, and um, Arthur Rowe, who was the, the ex. Tottenham manager uh, told me I wouldn't make it, and uh, so I left, and um, was just playing Sunday football really. And um, one day our team was drawn in a cup game, um, and in the opposing team was uh, Peter Cohen, uh, Ben's dad, and uh, George's uh, brother. And he thought uh, George had just taken over the uh, youth team, and so. Uh, Peter, uh, off his own back, just called up and said, I think, you know, I just played against a really good team. A lot of the players were at pro clubs anyway. And uh, he arranged a trial at Fulham. And, um, and talking about my, my uh, left foot, uh, George asked me what position I played and I told him I was a scheming midfield player. And uh, after half a game, he pulled me off and said, uh, I've got to tell you, son, you'll never make it there. Can you play anywhere else? I said, well, I'm not bad on the wing, George. So I tried the wing, and uh, 15 minutes late, called me over and said, you won't make it there either. He said, have you ever tried left back? I said, I'm right-footed. He said, don't worry, no one will notice. Oh, so, yeah. Is that... <laughs> George. Is and that... uh, there I stayed. So George came, uh, put me at left back, um, and there I stayed. Why did he think no one would notice? Because you've got a very good left foot, or you've got a very bad uh, right I foot? I think he thought I wasn't going to shine out anyway. He just thought I had something about me, and... Um, put me at left back and I mean you know, no one ever starts their career saying I want to be a left back do they they want to be a forward or a midfield player so um, uh, so I went back left back and, um, and proved successful I think yeah no definitely yeah 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 you are. you had a long career for them didn't you yeah certainly yeah uh, when, when you obviously you're associated with Fulham now because uh, you had such a long career with them but who do you support or who did you support at the time as a boy? Um, probably Crystal Palace, I think, um, because um, they were my local club. Um, I was a ball boy there when I was 14. Uh, trained there from 14 to about 15 and a half. Um, uh, and, uh, and my cousin used to take me to Chelsea. Not that I supported them, but that was, that, that was um, his club. So I, I, my early games were Crystal Palace and Chelsea. But uh, the moment I signed for Fulham... Uh, uh, that was it, really. So, um, I've been a supporter ever since. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so, so you you don't support uh, Palace no more. Fulham, Fulham's your main club now.
taking interest now, of course, because Roy, Roy and Ray Luton's there. So, yeah, of um, course, yeah. I don't support them, but um, um, I hope they do well. Yeah, fair enough. Um, did you have any role models in the game? Um, well, I, uh, when I first signed pro, I was 17, um, I did a little questionnaire for the programme. And um, they asked me who was, what player would I like most uh, to meet in football. And uh, I said Bobby Moore. So, uh, so Bobby Moore was, a, was a, a role model for me before I even met him. So, you know, for then to play with him was, was uh, delightful. Yeah, well, I've, I've got a couple of questions because obviously not, not everyone plays with Bobby Moore. What was he like? Um, as, as a person, um, fairly quiet, Bob, to be quite honest. You know, he, he's very guarded um, in public. Um, but um, a, a great sense of humour. Um, well documented that he was immaculate. I shared a room with him for a couple of years. And um, well documented that he was immaculate. I mean, he, he, his, his suits and his shirts were all pristine and he folded his socks over and uh, piles of pennies were all neat and tidy. Well, I used to knock them over and tie his, his socks in knots and I used to drive <laughs> him mad. But um, personally, I uh, 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 a great lad, really liked him indeed. And um, uh, as a player, uh, you know, the best, the best player I played with. Well, was, I, the, the question I was actually going to ask you was going to come later, but I might as well ask it now. Who, who was you more excited when they signed, Bobby Moore or George Best? Um, I was excited for Bobby Moore because you know what a great player he was. And I thought George Best, I was quite excited for because I thought I might have a couple of nights out with him. <laughs> for two different reasons. Um, but, you know, it was fantastic when we signed George, of course, and Rodney um, and Bobby. And, and to have all three in the, in the same team at one time was fantastic at that time. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the heritage Fulham have got as, as a club, like, for, for the personnel is just insane. I mean, considering we've never won anything, like you said, to have them three in the same team... Just and not not in the top division either. No, it was in the what is now the um, the championship. The championship. Um, yeah, well, I mean it was, it was it was incredible really. Um, and of course we had Alan Mullery there at the start as well. So we had two English yeah. captains in the team um, the year we got to the cup final. And then uh, Mullery retired, and then George and Rodney came in. So we had George, Rodney, and and Bobby Moore. Um, and it was fantastic really, just just to sit and watch them play, even though they were at the end of their careers. Um, you know, I know the supporters uh, loved it, and it was great to play with them all. What was going through your mind? Um, I can't remember the the game at the top of my head. I don't know if it's Hereford when they, when they're they're messing about. Yeah, I mean, if you watch it on YouTube, um, I, I I go forward and hit the post, and uh, they close in on me, and I look about twelve. So, um, yeah, I mean it was. We were all over them that day, really. I mean, that was probably the highlight of uh, the time, that, as well as we played while they were here. Um, and it was fantastic. I mean, we were so we were so superior that day, and they they really showed. You know, they they excelled that day, and they, they ended up tackling themselves, of course. Um, and, and Hereford um, had a decent team that time. Um, um, Terry Payne, who played in the thousand games for Southampton, was in their team. Um, so they had, they had some decent players at that time. So. Uh, uh, that that day was incredible. We had a good crowd as well. But was it was training like that every day? Uh, what, messing around. Well, like fun. I wouldn't say we're messing around because my, my whole my whole 
sign that Fulham was uh, was fun. Um, I think I don't know. I mean, whether we enjoyed ourselves any more than they do nowadays, but um, it was it was light-hearted. But we put the work in, um, and but we'd we'd sit and watch George after after training. George would uh, set a ball up outside the box, 18 yards out, and Jerry Payton was in goal. Went on to play for for Ireland in the World Cup, and. Um, George said, I'll take 10, 10 shots. He said, and I'll tell you exactly where I'm going to put them. And uh, we'd sit and watch him, and he'd, he'd, he'd say top right, and the ball would score top right, and he did that for all 10. So to watch him and Rodney Marsh had, had incredible skills. Um, and we'd just sit and watch them sometimes after training while they do little bits of, of trickeries. Um, and, and we all picked up on it. And if you watch that Hereford game, you'd be seeing John Mitchell bending balls around people and people doing drag backs um, and we just enjoyed it so much yeah and, and it was fun every day no oh, that's brilliant I mean going back quickly to when you first joined the club like how was training conducted as, as an apprentice you know what was the what was the regime across the week um, I wasn't an apprentice I went I came um, I went straight from school so um, I missed the apprenticeship because I, I was 17 by the time I, I, I joined Fulham at 16 um, but so I just signed pro at 17. So, um, but the training, um, uh, the apprentices, John Fraser and, and that, that sort of player, um, they would all polish the senior players' boots as they did, uh, went on for years like that. I'm not sure they do that now. Um, but we would we would train with the first team a lot of the time, um, which I'm not sure they do now. So you'd have the young kids and the young apprentices and, and the youngsters train with, training with the first team and you'd pick up on it and I think that, that enabled you to um, progress a lot quicker than if you'd all be just trained amongst yourselves. And do you think, like, your sort of time coming through, do you think that when that that, that was introduced, when did, you, when did they start, the, the kids training with the first team? I, I thought you was kept very separate and, and it was very strict. You know, yes sir, no sir, kind of thing. No, it was, um, you'd respect them, of course, and uh, you're always a bit nervous. It wasn't, it wasn't um, continuous. You, you'll be brought in Maybe the last half hour of training, you'd be training amongst yourselves um, and doing your fitness and whatever whatever was at the training that day. Um, and then you'd be brought in maybe for the last half hour to join in in the game. Um, and of course, you respected them all and, and you, know, you didn't nutmeg them because <laughs> you're just going to get a kickback so, um, from the senior pros. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bill Dodgen was my first manager and... Um, he, he liked having young kids, and so did Alex Stockmine, who were one after that. So he introduced them. You know, they, they wasn't scared to play young players, and um, you know, uh, quite a few. I mean, John Lacey, John Mitchell, John Fraser, uh, myself, uh, Paul Shrub all came through the um, the youth team into the first team very quickly. Are you talking about Bill Dodgin Jr.? Bill Dodgin Jr. Yeah. What was he like? Uh, well, he was the one that signed me, um, and uh, he played. He was a, he was a, a, a footballing manager. You know, he liked players to play and um, and encouraged young players to, to play and uh, to play football the right the right way as he saw it, and um, wasn't wasn't afraid to introduce young players into the team. So um, you know, he, he um, although I didn't make the first team under him, um, you know, he gave me my chance, signed me pro, and. Um, Guided me through the, through the reserves, and and that is that around the time that they were relegated from the the first division. Um, I 
joined, we were in the third division. The third? Um, the third, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, so this is after the relegation. So that, did, did they have two relegations in a row? I think they had two relegations in a row, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm right in saying. And, um, oh, so you were there for the, the promotion in the early 70s? In the early 70s, yeah. I was, I was, I was in the youth team. I wasn't a professional then. I was in the youth team. And um, I, I got promoted in 69, 69-70, I think it was. And I signed pro 71. I mean, as a youngster back then, did you were you thinking, I hope they don't go up, because then I won't get a chance? Or was you, <laughs> did you not really, no, I mean, you've got to look after yourself, haven't you? Yeah, no, not at all, you want the club to do well, and, uh, you know, I was, um, yeah, I was, I was confident I would do well, I mean, I was getting introduced the right way, um, you know, um, when I, when I first got into the first team, you know, Alex Stock, um, he would put you in for four or five games, eight games, take you out, give you a break, put you back in. Um, you know, I think they groomed you the right way um, in those days. But uh, no, I never, no. Uh, I, I didn't want us to fail just to get in the team, no, not at all. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, question, though. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> makes me look bad, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, then now it makes you look terrible. Yeah. Neither the listeners now are getting on their phones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, was there anyone in the first team that you looked up to as a role model? Maybe like like took you under their wing. Um, Fred Callaghan, of course. Um, I, was, I was left back in the reserves, and Fred was uh, left back in the first team. Um, he was always very supportive. Um, the coaches were very supportive. Uh, uh, Ken Craggs, who was the youth team manager and reserve team manager at the time. Um, was really supportive and uh, you know guided me through them early years. As did George Cohen. George didn't. I think George only lasted about a year and a half. Um, but those early days, I learned a lot from George. You know, he was a great fullback, so um, um, he taught me a lot about defending, uh, which I didn't know about, of course, because I was a midfield player. I thought you said George was the one that um, said you weren't going to make it on the wing, or was that his brother? Yeah, no, no. George said, George said uh, I wouldn't make it, but I came to Fulham as a midfield player, a Sunday afternoon midfield player. But George was still playing when you came to Fulham. No, no. George had, had to retire through injury, so George had taken over the youth team. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I misunderstood well, that. Yeah, yeah. Try and keep up, Dan. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you know how many leagues I've done that? That last week? question that did it, wasn't it? I did Jim Stannard last um, yesterday, so if I start calling you Jim, I do apologise. Right? Okay. Well, I think he's coming to the game tomorrow. He is, yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, with um, uh, Johnny Marshall and Peter Scott, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Good, no, good, good. to see him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice, yeah. Right, let's, let's, let's go back to focusing on, on you. Okay. All right. Well, who, who was your debut against? Uh, Leighton Orient. Um, at home, uh, I was on the right wing. And now uh, you skipped a bit now, so you want to know how I got on the right wing, don't you? Um, <laughs> I, because uh, I, I was, I used to overlap quite a lot in reserves. Um, they put me on the uh, Alex Stocks uh, sign, became uh, manager, and um, tried me on the wing. And I think I scored twenty odd goals in the reserves, along with John Mitchell one season. And so um, I ended up making my debut on the wing. And I think I played my first 20 games in the first team as a right right or left winger. Um, and then after 20 games, uh, Alex Stock said, you'll never make it, go back to left back. 
uh, they pushed me back to left back again. But I, I, I've had my debut on the wing against Blake and Orient. Had a few setbacks, didn't you? Uh, what people keep saying, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> you proved them wrong, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I did like overlapping, and um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. Um, uh, it was it, sort of the fashion in those days, I suppose, of just coming out of the the, the overlapping fullbacks just coming into the game, I suppose. Um, and so I used to do quite a lot of it, and um, so they thought they'd try me on the wing. Well, I quite enjoyed it. I think I scored all. Um, I only scored six goals in four hundred and something games, and I think five of them were in on the wing. My first twenty odd games. So. And the first one was Blackpool. First one was Blackpool. Um, uh, the only other two I remember was in the Anglo-Italian uh, tournament um, against Roma and uh, Turin. Was that in '75? That was in '75, yeah. So, uh, and I, I was delighted that I held a record of being the uh, leading European goal scorer for 25 years. We don't think we ever played another game in Europe. <laughs> it was an official uh, European tournament. So, so, um, so, to you, is the um, is that cup the equivalent of the Inter Toto when you compare it to the FA Cup? Because obviously, the Europa League, we look down on the Inter Toto now and think. Uh, you know, laugh at it, sort of. But, um... Yeah, well, it was it was one of those tools that they, they sort of threw in. But uh, it was, uh, you know, a lot of European teams playing. Um, I think Milan, and, uh, I don't think Juventus played, but, um, you know, Roma, Turin, uh, Naples, Napoli. Um, so it was a good little tournament, and it gave us a bit of um, a European experience, if you like, at a time when, you know, we would never have got into Europe. So... Uh, so it was good, and I enjoyed it, and then delighted in being the European goal scorer for 25 years until Bobby Zamora overtook me in Toto. Is, is, is Bobby Zamora the top goal scorer in Europe for for Fulham? Uh, oh, he was after me. Uh, after me, it became him, and I'm not sure. He probably is, yeah. I would imagine he probably is still. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. You learn something every day, didn't you? But there you go, Dan. I, I, I knew you'd be doing your... Uh, me research. I oh, listen, this, yeah. listen, mate. I was up, I was up all night, every night, searching about the one and only Les Strong. <laughs> oh, that 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 one must have gone under the radar somehow. Yeah, well there you go. Well, Liam Curry should have told you about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna blame him. So unprofessional from him. <laughs> Terrible. Never never trust someone with a surname called Curry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, what was Alex Stock like then? Well, he was a uh, he was um, a disciplinarian. Um, when he first joined, I I bought uh, Alan Ball, uh, myself. Alan Ball was the first player. Then myself and um, a fellow called Roger Cross, who played for us. We all we were the first players to wear white boots. And um, Alex Stock, the first Alex Stock uh, came to Fulham. He saw it was in his boot room, and he saw my boots and Roger Cross's boots hanging up, and wanted to know who owned these white boots. And I said, me, and um, he said, well, I haven't seen you play yet. He said, but I know you're not good enough to wear white boots. He threw them in the bin and said, now go and buy yourself a pair of black boots. Um, so he made me get my hair cut. Um, and, um, but he was, um, he was a great man, very knowledgeable about football. Um, uh, he didn't take the day-to-day training. We had a couple of good coaches, uh, Bill Taylor, who went on to coach for England um, under him. But... Um, 
he uh, studied the game and knew the game inside out. And you were, as kids, we were scared of him a little bit, to be quiet. Well, in, in the song, they say softly spoken Tyler. So is that, is that, is that exactly what he was like? He had, he had a bit of fire in the belly, but he was quite calm in the way he uh, approached it. Well, he was um, a former tank commander in the war. And uh, so he, was, uh, he could, he could um, remonstrate when he wanted to, but um, he, was, he was fairly quietly spoken. He was a gentleman. You know, if you watch any interviews with him, you know, um, he was well-spoken and, uh, and very intelligent. Um, and, uh, but, but, you know, one, uh, up until recent times, I suppose, one of the most successful managers in Fulham's history because he got us to the cup final. Well, he's, yeah, he's still, still right up there. Yeah, of course. I think it's very difficult to compare. I mean, we've only ever played in one FA Cup final, so uh, one FA Cup final. Yeah, of course, Roy Roy has to be up there. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, but then at end, twice. I think I think fans yeah. of a certain era would say McDonald is up there, and 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 Tigana as well. I think it depends what what you are after: achievement, style of play. Yeah, like, that's enjoy- a good point. Style of play comes into it. Yeah, in, like enjoying the season. I mean, you know, last year under Chikanovic, I think would have been for, for for memorable seasons would have been quite high up if we had got promoted at Wembley in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we we played magnificently towards the end of the season, didn't we? I mean, we had a poor start, and that's like this season. Um, <coughs> but um, our style of play, I mean, we we completely outplayed most teams to be honest last season. Yeah, no, we did. Yeah, how does? Alex Stott compare with Bobby Campbell? Um, Bobby Campbell, um, if you ask a lot of supporters, most supporters probably don't like him. Um, but I thought he was one of the um, the best coaches um, that I played under, to be quite honest. Um, but his man management wasn't as good as um, Alex Stott. Um, but his coaching was probably on a par, if not better. Who was tactically better? Uh, tactically, Alex Dot. Did you think tactics in in them days were as important as they are now? Because I, I think I think at times we're we're obsessed with it. Um, I think we we um, we overdo it sometimes nowadays. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, um, in in my time, we had tactics, but basically we more concentrated on ourselves. To be quite honest, I mean, very rarely we. Down and, and have a dossier on players. Um, um, I was um, I was a fullback who had a winger virtually every week, so I would be told, you know, what, what he was good at, what he wasn't good at. You know, for, say for instance, Stevie Coppel. Um, if I'm playing against Stevie Coppel, then I'll be told, you know, not nine times out of ten, go on the outside. So just little things like that. Yeah. Um, but I believe nowadays our dossiers on players and that probably drive you mad. I think. Yeah, well, you could over worry about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they overcomplicate it. I think football's a simple game. Well, it's a simple game made hard by players sometimes and tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. That's a good start. I think I've agreed with everything you've said so far. So far, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Early days. Well, not about Liam Curry. Oh, well, what, you don't like him? <laughs> oh, you know he's a sandwich short of a picnic, though. <laughs> he's alright. He's a good guy. I owe him a lot for this. He's my one. agent, you know that, don't you? He's your agent. Yeah, he's my agent. Yeah. yeah, he's your agent. Is that an official thing or? Uh, official, yeah. I mean, he told me he was my agent. Oh, well, there you go. 
I'll put it on Wikipedia and then it's a fact. That's that's point, yeah, yeah. Right, um, going back to the football, did you get sick of Nottingham Forest in that cup run? Um, Nottingham Forest, yes, because I had a, a winger called uh, Mia Dennehy, and um, I think the first game we played at home, um, he ran me ragged, but I, I don't think there was that many players that, that give me give me a run around, but he was one of them. In that first game, I think I got bought off at half time, um, and then we played him again. But Alex stopped putting me back in the team, and uh, so by the fourth game, I'd actually masked him. So uh, lucky enough, we won. I think um, uh, Brian Clough was the manager of Nottingham Forest at the time, and um, so uh, yeah, by the time we'd finished with him, um, I was pleased to, to have got rid of him, but uh, I'm pleased to come out on top. What what round of the cup was that? That was the fourth round. Fourth round, well, okay. I, I, by the time we by the time we got through the fourth round, we'd already played seven games. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's a record that will never be beaten. I I actually worked never it beaten. out last. I think it was the last campaign with the FA Cup. I worked it out that the only way it can be beaten is by a team in the qualifiers if they went all the way, uh, which is never going to happen. Good point, but that'll never happen, of course. Yeah, I think that's the only way it can be beaten. I don't even think it can be beaten by um, a team in the first round if they replayed every one. Because obviously the semi-final and the final don't go to replays anymore. No, that's right. So you worked that out yourself, did you? Yeah, well, my maths ain't that bad. I mean, someone, someone's going to be out there now scrutinising it. I'm going to get more another phone call later. you look, Dan. Hey? You're more intelligent than you look. Well... This is a phone call. Are you talking about the picture? <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, mind you, we have met, to be fair, a couple of times. Oh, we have, yeah. All right, so I'll focus on the FA Cup final before we talk about the campaign. Get the, get the, the bad bit out of the way. Okay. Uh, how did it feel, you know, playing such a big role in getting us there and then and then missing out? I mean, was it injury that, as well? Yeah, I, I think... Um... I think it was 60 games we played that year, or 59, something like that. And I missed the last two. I got injured against Portsmouth. It was um, George Graham. It wasn't a dirty tackle. We just smashed into each other, and my knee got me. The studs got stuck in the ground and I twisted my knee. I, I heard it sort of tear. I didn't really think uh, much of it at the time. I came straight off, and I just walked off. You know, I wasn't hobbling or anything. I was walking straight, and. Um, and then at the end of the game, the physio looked at it and um, put me in plaster straight away. So that was the first time I I got a bit worried about it. And um, and subsequently, it turned out that you know I was never going to make it. And um, oh yeah, devastated. Still, every now and again, I think about it and think how unlucky it was. To, you know, every season, I think someone misses it for injury or um, or uh, suspension. And unfortunately, it's just my time. But um, um, I've always said that if I'd have played, uh, Alan Taylor wouldn't have scored two goals. And uh, Tony Gr- Tony Gal agrees. He said, "Yeah, you're right. He would have scored four. So, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I think we. I thought, you know, we played fantastic in getting to Wembley, um, and I just didn't think we played that well on the day to be quite. Well, I mean, a lot of fans I speak to uh, are adamant. It's a little bit like the... Very similar to the Europa League, going back to Bobby Zamora, actually. If Bobby had been fit for the final, I think we would have beaten Athletic Madrid. And the same... A lot of people say the same with you. 
for the FA Cup final. If you had been been there, we would have won. Yeah, we we can never tell. Can you? I mean, I, I'd always like to think that, but um, that's how it was. It was unfortunate. And um, um, Bobby Moore came to me um, before the game and said, "You know, I'm, I'm really sorry that you uh, that you missed the game." He said, "And if I could change places with you, I would," which I thought was a nice. Uh, a nice thing to say, and Alan Mullery said the same thing. So Alan Mullery said, uh, "I don't think you're ever going to get there again." I thought, "Oh, thanks, thanks, Al." <laughs> That's a nice way to make you feel better. Oh, yeah, thanks, Al. Yeah, and, uh, and it turned out I never, never, not even got a sniff. I mean, the next couple of seasons we got knocked out in the third round. Well, yeah, I mean that—that's why yeah, you say um, it happens every year, but I'm—I find it hard to feel sorry for a Man United player in that situation. You know, we're talking about Fulham here. I mean, not. Oh yeah, well, it happens to a player in a team every year. Yeah, but but you're. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, that's that was. You no, know, nah, you you can you you can feel sorry for yourself on this occasion. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> it, it has been forty years, so I've sort of got over it. <laughs> Give it another forty, and and you'll you'll be all right. <laughs> I'll be I'll be delighted to be alive in forty. So carry on. No, you're right. You're only as young as you feel. <laughs> right. Or is it as old as you feel? I can't remember. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, which was your f- favourite game in that cup run? Um, Birmingham, I think. Yeah, without doubt, Birmingham. The first semi-final. Um, is that is that the one... What what the way he scores a really good goal, Mitchell? Uh, the, the, yeah, the, the, the first game is when he scored a really good goal. The replay come off his nose, I think, or his chin. Yeah, yeah. No, you said the first one. The first game, yeah, it was um, at Hillsborough, 55,000. Um, Alex Stock called me in the week of the game and um, I thought, blimey, he's going to drop me. So I want to have a word with you. And uh, he said, I've got a job for you on Saturday, he said, and if you do it uh, correctly, he said, I think we'll get to the final. And I said, oh, what, what is it? He said, I want you to do a man-for-man marking job on uh, Trevor Francis, who was the one boy wonder at that time. And uh, and I did that, and um, uh, he said, um, I said, well, he said, I don't care how you stop him. I said, oh, I said, I take that to mean kick lumps out of him. Um, he said, I don't care how you stop him. So I said, uh, well, boss, if I do that, I said, there's a good chance we'll both get sent off. He said, trust me, son, they'll miss him more than we'll miss you. Now I don't know whether he was joking or not. <laughs> I did the man-for-man marking job and I was very pleased and um, as uh, fate would have it he got injured in that game and uh, never played in the replay so um, but I was pleased with that game and the atmosphere was fantastic I mean all, all these things that players have said to you over the years they must know your character they must know what what a great guy you are that you can take the banter because I'm sure oh, some it, players heads would have dropped if, if manager had said that to them most of it out so uh, uh, they were just getting me back at various stages, so I was happy with that. <laughs> Did you kick lumps out of him? Um, I tackled him robustly, if you like. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll leave it at that. I was around, put it that way, yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Website's only new, I don't want to get sued by anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of part one of our Q&A with Les Strong. In the second part, we continue to look through Leslie's career at Fulham as he relives some funny moments and experiences that
that he encountered along the way. We will announce when part 2 is released on our website through Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Until then, my name's Danny Boyer, really hope you enjoyed it so far and thank you very much for listening.